You know, most problems in healthcare are fixed already. Primary care is already cured on the fringes. Reversing burnout, physician shortages, bad business models, forced buyouts. Factory medicine, high deductible insurance that doesn't pay docs and is totally inaccessible to most of the employees. The big squeeze of always accelerated costs and decelerated reimbursements. Meet those making a difference with the host, Ron Barshop, CEO of Beacon Clinics. Welcome to Primary Care Cures. You know, it's interesting, PCPs have a moral imperative to be happy. Lives depend on it, including their own universe. If that's true and you can make the jump, the burnout is directly linked to earnings. And after all, the worst compensated doctors correlate directly with the highest burnout rates. Of course, that's all in primary care. And primary care comp is 100% determined by a very lousy business model. Every primary care leader has to seriously pursue ancillary income opportunities. It's one of only two model workarounds that is fast, easy, and sensible from every angle. The payer, the patients, and the providers. The other that we'll talk about in another show is direct primary care. You can ask any burned out doctor if you could triple your take home in the next few weeks on permanent basis and working less hours not affecting your workflow, would that help alleviate the burnout problem? We rarely correlate mental health and financial health, but we all know one directly affects the other, which feeds spirals both upward and downward. Ancillaries are simply the obvious answer for that which ails most of primary care problems. Burnout, shortages, reviving referrals into a $3.5 trillion ecosystem, um, you can stop feeling sorry for yourself if you're a PCP today. You can take control and be helping more of your patients with incredibly convenient ancillaries. So today might be your day for just that solution. Today we're going to welcome John Boski. John is the president and founder, co-founder of Medcillary, a Dallas-based ancillary services total solution. Welcome, John. Thank you for having me. Appreciate, uh, appreciate the inviting me to the show. Sure. Um, John, let's, before we get into your business specifically, set up the problem that you wanted to solve when you and your partners dreamed up medicillary. Sure. So, you know, from, from my standpoint, it, it's not a problem per se. It's more of focusing on, on a multifaceted solution and, uh, and a vision for really kind of improving um, this medical ancillary world and, and helping with uh, creating a, a space of promotion for positivity, opportunity, and increased efficiencies. Um, you know, my past life, I was in um, the lab world, the pharmaceutical world, and uh, and really, you know, also had a practice management company. And and in that, I noticed a lot of the shortcomings and deficiencies, and I wanted to make sure to help provide solutions to these clinicians that I worked with. And quite frankly, they were oftentimes coming to me and letting me know of just different uh, ancillary items that they wanted me to look into because there was a trusted consultative relationship with these practitioners. And the reality is that uh, they didn't have the time to do all the, the immediate research and um, the ability to look into everything that's pitched to them. 
So what, what I wanted to, when I started Medcillary um, in 2015 was I wanted to provide really that, that one-stop shop approach to providing um, strong, clinically relevant and compliant modalities that would help out clinicians in each specialty. Uh, and so that's, that's what the creation and how Metzler was born was with that in mind. And, and so Metzler in itself is medical ancillary, uh, summed up in one word. And it was really for the purposes of helping to promote good medicine to these clinicians, but also, uh, and, and as much and as importantly, is to really focus in on helping the clinicians be efficient and letting them be practitioners. So the good news is you have ultimately many solutions for doctors and you go in and you do an analysis to determine which would be the right ones to start with and you slowly um, rotate others in there as they make sense for these, not only PCPs, but specialists. Um, let's talk about the, the, what should we expect if I'm a doctor and you come visit me, what does the first visit look like and how long does it take before I can actually implement some of these ideas? Sure. No, great question. And, uh, and so we're really um, big on, you know, a focus and you'll hear this, uh, you know, it's, it's in our mission, our core values. Um, the focus is on, on clinical relevance and, uh, and compliance. And what we do, one of those first steps, uh, when there's a doctor that's really wanting to, uh, to, to work with us and collaborate with us is a, a big focus is uh, what we call, um, you know, our, our, our short, shorthand for it is, is, is PNA, but it's a physician needs assessment. It's essentially our, our one page consultative worksheet to just have a better understanding of what is being utilized in their practice. I have them take me through, obviously, depending on specialty and what modalities they currently use, what modalities do they wish they could use. There's been often times where we may have not had a certain, um, uh, a specific modality or testing, but if they if the clinicians ask for one of the great things that they get to know is that we will go find the right resource for them to bring it into their uh, to to their clinic, and that's important too. Is just making it so that they can focus and practice medicine. That really is ultimately the driver behind what we do and why we do it. Uh, and so um, to kind of go back to your question, the first step is truly consultative. It is really let us get to know your practice. I, I, I'm, we're not going to go in. We, what we don't do is we don't go in pitching something specific. We allow them to tell us what they need, what they currently have. Is there a better way to do it? You know, my, my prior history, um, I worked for Pfizer Pharmaceutical, great company, great training, great learning, great education, uh, and then started my entrepreneurial journey after that. But learning a lot there and really taking on the the consultative sales approach and focusing in on what are their needs not pushing something down um, their throat that they may or may not need just because it, it, it matches us our focus is providing for them um, and that's first and foremost i'm so my next question really is going to be two bundled questions with the same answer if i'm a patient in an ideal practice of yours where you've literally rolled out everything Maybe you don't have to tell us all of your ancillaries, but tell us your top five. I walk into the practice and I uh, have multiple issues and multiple complaints. Take me through a practice and tell me what I'm going to see that's basically medicillary and behind the scenes. Sure. So, 
So, and, and just off the bat, you know, as you just mentioned, uh, you're, a, you're a primary care clinician or a clinician, and you have five different modalities um, that, that you are utilizing on the ancillary side. The reality is, is that you probably have five different sales reps, five different account managers. Um, what we do, and one of the, again, going back to the efficiencies, um, you know, that all takes time. That takes the doctor's time, that takes staff's time, that takes uh, office manager's time, mid-level's time, MA's time. What we do is we take where there would be the five individuals um, that are there on behalf of those customers, and it, it really confines it into one. So you have one person, one point of contact um, to manage all of those needs and all those processes. That's a huge bonus and a time saver for clinicians. Um, so what we do is we just focus on, you know, we will go into clinics and they'll, they'll immediately check off eight different items that they want to integrate. And while that sounds great, the reality is there is still a process that we need to go by and we need to make sure that these are being successfully implemented. Um, because different testing may be coming from different laboratories and we need to make sure that the supplies are on hand, that the MAs or the collector or the phlebotomist know how to properly um, capture the test and to send it in and what the timely constraints are um, and that it's not getting mixed up with, with lab A versus lab B. And so those are really important that, you know, it's not just about getting them to utilize all of our services. It's about getting them to successfully utilize the services that are most profound for their practice. Let me ask the question a different way. Um, I would like to know the top five services that you will lay into a practice typically. I know that you, you, know, you do the P&A on each individual client and they've got, got you know, 15 different answers, but just give me five of your services so I can understand as a physician what I'm getting into when I meet with you. Sure, yeah. So. You know, so our, what I'll tell you is, um, and it will, it will vary depending on clinician, but, uh, but let's just say, for example, if uh, uh, laboratory lab testing, you know, whether that's uh, blood wellness panels, allergy, pharmacogenomic testing, cancer genomic testing, um, or it could be urine drug screens, obviously a large market need for that as well. Um, so just laboratory as a whole. There's also pharmacy, the pharmacy component. Now, it's not a full-fledged um, retail pharmacy, um, and, and we, we do not do the narcotics. Um, but from a, from a convenience and an increase in compliance um, function, it really helps because the, the patient will receive the medication on their door, um, call it one to two days later, depending on the time of day that it's submitted, uh, the prescriptions. And that helps with... Uh, really reducing the opportunity for um, um, non-compliance in, in their medication therapy. Uh, so that's a help there. Also automatic refills, which is also helpful um, in that non-compliance. Uh, then there's also the, the pharmacies. We oftentimes work with them in terms of making sure, you know, whereas these uh, more commonplace pharmacies, um, CVS, Walgreens, you know, it, there's a big focus in, in patient satisfaction and really helping to reduce the cost, the out-of-pocket cost for the patients. And so really applying and finding the, the rebate cards is an important um, step and process that we have in terms of really making sure that we are reducing the cost for the patient as well. So those are two, you know, call it two, there's a lot within the laboratory, but those are two of the modalities. In addition to that, one thing that we commonly hear is, 
um, you know, our practice isn't making enough revenue solely on the, um, on the professional service fees. Well, that could be true um, and likely is they probably do need the ancillaries to really be a high functioning uh, facility and continue to grow. But the other component is that oftentimes, uh, whether it's their outside biller, their in-house biller, they might be lacking and not completely up to speed. So what we also like to propose is that we um, have our, our firm take a look at their post 90 day AR and let's see if there's any recoverable assets that we can find for you uh, and kind of what they would consider as lost money. All right, John. So I'm a, a newly signed client. What am I going to have to invest my own capital either on the front end or an ongoing basis to implement the medicillary solutions? You know, the, that's one of the great things is there isn't a cost, so to say, for you to implement our, our um, ancillary modalities with our um, lab partners and pharmacy partners. What, what, what we can do is we provide, um, on behalf of the laboratories, a phlebotomist or collector to make sure that they're up to speed and knowing how to utilize the testing that, that is being submitted and, and, uh, and referenced through Metzlary. So folks, if you're listening, the I'm speaking with John Boski, president of Medcillary. What he's saying is what I have found in the marketplace is you do not have to invest a dime up front nor on an ongoing basis to add ancillaries to your practice. So it's all bottom line revenue, which leads me to my next question. Can I expect to make north of a couple of grand and maybe south of 10 grand if I add, let's say your top three or four most common solutions without any headaches, without long-term contracts? What does what my income stream revenue, my revenue stream look like just as a range? Yeah, I mean, it, it can, you know, there is uh, obviously multiple opportunities, right? And so I think that, uh, you know, from, um, from a cost savings approach, there's certainly that component. There is also opportunities where um, you can have significant revenue um, and increase practice efficiencies, quite frankly, um, by integrating services and utilizing um, a one-stop shop approach as opposed to uh, multiple um, different facilities. Okay. Um, what are your biggest challenges as a company and, and a CEO of Medcillary? Biggest challenges. Um, when someone's wanting to integrate eight modalities at once. And I'm using this example because this happens quite a bit. They are really excited and really amped to get going with our services, but we, we want to make sure that they're implemented successfully. And so scaling it back and telling them, Hey, let's, let's integrate these first two. What are the first, the most important ones that are utilized the most in your clinic? And then, and then adding that on, that's really important and imperative to make sure that they understand the reason why is that yes, we'd love to get up to utilizing eight of our modalities, but we have to make sure it's being done successfully. We want to make sure that your, your MAs, if, um, if it's not in terms of laboratory testing, that your MAs, your staff aren't being overwhelmed with a new process and new procedure. They're going to have access to our account manager um, that will help them out and train them and educate them. But we want to make sure that they have everything, uh, all the proper supplies, materials, information, understanding of why uh, and what the motivation is in helping these patients to really effectively uh, implement all processes. And so uh, we have had that happen before where they really want to integrate so much and too much at a time that we just really have to temper that. So I would say, John, my biggest challenge with Beacon Clinics is finding an exam room that they could spare. There's a lot of docs that have used every 
inch of space. There's nothing available. Does that become a challenge for some of your potential clients also? No question. We've certainly had that before as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating because gee, and 10 by 10 room can really make a lot of revenue for some of these folks. Um, So are there any books that we should be reading if we're physicians looking for solutions to this problem or new models that nobody's talking about? You know, uh, great question. I don't have an answer to that because I haven't written or authored that book. (laughs) But, um, you know, I I think really it just goes back to, um, you know, I'm a big believer in in positive thinking. And, um, and, and there's a book by John Maxwell called The Difference Maker. Um, And, and it really, uh, it's a profound book that impacted my life, that I think, positive thinking is, is a mindset. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. And, and when you have that mindset and mentality, then anything can be accomplished. And I think the focus and the the point of what I'm trying to say is that as long as they um, have that mindset, then anything is able to be accomplished. And, uh, and so, um, you know, physician practice America is another great uh, publication um, that has some good information and literature. Um, but beyond that, I, I think it's really just, you know, reading about business, um, having the right mindset. I think those are ultimately um, the most important. Because doctors have so much time to read. <laughs> hey, um, John, I just want to thank you. We, we really, um, I just have one more question, but we really should write that book together. I've written probably the first 10 chapters. I'll let you write the next 10 and we'll get something out there that's actually practical for physicians looking for answers. There's just so much pain out there. When you read 50, 60% are burned out in a profession, there's something wrong with the model. It has nothing to do with them personally. They just chose a very, very bad bricklayer model where you get paid by the procedure, by the brick. You don't get uh, benefits by doing anything more than adding volume and time. It just becomes uh, precious to you. So let's figure out how to re- how do we reach John Boski if we want to learn more or uh, learn more about medicillary. Sure. Yeah. Um, I would say that uh, for, you know, visit Metzler's website, uh, Um, You can find us on most social medias. Uh, we're on LinkedIn, on Instagram. Uh, we focus a lot on culture. That's really important. Having, uh, you know, having fun and people enjoying where they work and, and the space that we operate in uh, and really having a love and passion for helping clinicians and helping their patients um, is important for us. So, you know, yeah, definitely find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or uh, www.medcillary.com. So these are one of the good guys, folks. Um, there's plenty of mercenaries out there that are after money, 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 and they're not interested in outcomes. They're not interested in the patient. They're interested in bottom line, and that'll come out in their sales pitch every time. These are one of the good guys that are interested in helping your patients get better outcomes have greater conveniences and have more services to offer that'll keep more patients discovering you because of the convenience factor. So um, I'm excited. And Medcillary, by the way, is spelled M-E-D-C-I-L-L-A-R-Y. Medcillary.com is where you're going to get answers for these solutions that we'll discuss today. Thank you again, John. And uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate it for having me on your show. You bet. Thank you for listening. You want to shake things up? There's two things you can do for us. One, go to primarycarecures.com for show notes and links to our guests. And number two, help us spotlight what's working in primary care by listening on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribing. 
and leave us a review. It helps our megaphone more than you know. Until next episode.